Come on now, can we really be surprised that in the very year that Orville's prediction came true and we literally argued about whether or not 2 plus 2 equals 4 or 5 is the very same year that we actually don't know how to count deaths? Hello everyone, thank you for watching this podcast. This is Right All Week and I am your host, my name is Dave, and if you would like to interact with me on all of the usual social media platforms, you can do that with the username at Right All Week, and if you would like to send an email, the address is rightallweek at gmail.com, and if you are listening to the audio podcast and you would like to hook us up with a positive review, please do that as well, and if I'm still on YouTube, then please remember to like and subscribe, ring that bell for future notifications. I promise not to blow up those devices. And then please everyone everywhere on all of the platforms, please remember to share. It's good for me. It's good for you. It's good for those who agree and those who don't. So please do that as a public service and you will be rewarded. Now to talk about today's subject matter, I did kind of hint at counting deaths there in the intro. So I want to talk about something, uh, get a little bit deeper, something I referenced before because CDC did release a special, a very specific graph hint, talking about comorbidities with relationship to COVID. And I talked about that in a previous video as well, and hopefully you've seen it. If not, please be sure to go and check it out. Um, because I got pulled. I had a video that was yanked, and then I went into much more detail in the numbers. Uh, but it's something that's been widely politicized because, you know, pretty much everything having to do with COVID has been widely politicized. And one of the main points that I think needs to be made is to push back on this idea that COVID is an equal opportunity killer because COVID is not an equal opportunity killer. And I think that's something that we, well, hopefully most of us understand that, but I do think that is something that those who wish to maintain their control over the levers of influence, that's something that at least they would like people to believe that it is when in fact it is not. And the numbers prove that it is not. And when I shared the graph that came from the CDC about comorbidities, that was one of the points that I wanted to make that we know that it is not. But I think that a lot of people kind of misunderstand what comorbidities actually are. And I think we also misunderstand the point of differentiating the difference between dying with COVID and dying from COVID. Now it is true that there are a lot of people who did just die with, as in it's true that COVID had absolutely nothing to do with their death. And we do know that there are some people who were just trying to find ways to capitalize on the fact that people had COVID when they died and we're throwing that in there. And the reason people were even talking about it is because Dr. Burks just kind of came right out way back in April and made that it was one of her public speeches. We are counting that as a COVID death if they had COVID when they died, which everybody's just kind of like, what's the point? If COVID had nothing to do with their dying, why are we counting that? So we understood because it came from the horse's mouth. I'm sorry, not to be disrespectful to Burks. I'm not calling you a horse, but you understand the metaphor because they straight up told us that's how they're counting it. So that 
kind of put it in a negative spin. We've been very suspicious since way back then. Okay, so what does that mean? They kind of put themselves in a bad position because now we've been skeptical all the way counting, with all the counts way back since then. And um, I also referenced this in another previous video, which hopefully you've seen, the fact that we, the way we've been counting the deaths with regard to the epidemic the fact that we're still counting deaths from March, even as recently as August. And I'm like, well, how do they know deaths happened in March? How do had COVID if we're counting them in August? How are we even finding deaths that occurred in March, in August? I don't know. I'm asking the question, how do we know? So this puts a lot of suspicion. And I think they're questions that deserve to be asked. I think they're questions that deserve answers. Uh, but the but that's also true because yes, people are politicizing things, but it doesn't mean that we should forget what comorbidities are because it's also a valid, sometimes COVID does come in and finish the job. It doesn't mean that COVID's not a killer of people who are susceptible to it. And it also doesn't mean that COVID is the cause, even with comorbidities that are also caused by COVID. So we kind of also have to understand what comorbidities are and the way that a death certificate works when somebody comes in and they list it, which is why when I was doing my personal report on it, I made a mention of it. I was like, well, if it was just like one thing listed with COVID, maybe even two things listed with COVID, like they could all still be related and COVID could still be the killer. So like the more things that are listed, I think that makes it more important. Uh, so the fact that there were a significant number of things listed uh, makes it important. But then I also pointed out the ages of the people. And I think all of that together is what paints the clearest picture that COVID is not an equal opportunity killer. COVID is coming in and looking for weak and vulnerable people, which is why one of my biggest points that we need to make is that this is not some big, giant, general, all open policy kind of a thing that we need to be taking, which has pretty much been our policy so far. We're treating everybody the same and it's not working. In fact, I also pointed out 43% of our deaths in the nation have been in nursing homes. So it hasn't been working. The people that it's been targeting have actually still been dying and they account for almost half of the deaths. So our policies aren't working and the people who are weak and vulnerable are still almost half of the people who are in the nursing homes are the people who are dying. Now, also, in addition to that, the median age of the people who are dying specifically from COVID actually are higher than the average life expectancy in this nation, which is also kind of surprising. So I, I think it requires us to have a very difficult conversation, not something that we want to have. It's not something that's easy. It's hard. It makes you say things that people don't want to hear. But here's the thing. Sometimes you have to say things that are hard, that are difficult, that you don't want to hear. And if you always avoid ugh, the difficult conversations that sometimes hurt people and you never say things that hurt your people's feelings, well, then you're going to end up with a bunch of grown people wearing cartoon characters on their t-shirts, laying across the highways, thinking that they're going to affect public policy and change the world. Oh yeah, that's actually happening. So maybe we should stop trying that strategy and actually have some difficult conversations and say things like, you're going to die.
people die. I'm sorry, but you know what? A long, long time ago, humans were given the responsibility of stewarding the entire planet. And a long, long time ago, the humans blew it. And when they made a giant mistake, they introduced sin and death and corruption and sickness into the planet. And since then, life has been very, very hard and everybody dies. And you're going to die of something someday. And if you happen to have a bunch of compromised immune systems and a virus comes along and takes you out after you've made it past the average life expectancy, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm saying I'm sorry, but you know what absolutely sucks is when the government comes in and says, we're going to do a all-encompassing policy so that we can make everybody think that it's an equal opportunity killer so that a bunch of people who actually are young and healthy and have almost a zero zero, virtually zero, less than 0.1, less than 0.001, less than 0.0001 chance of dying from this thing, so that actually we're getting to a point where the excess deaths in this nation this year are better represented by the consequences of the lockdown than what are probably represented by the actual deaths that are caused by the disease. And that's another point that I want to make from this thing, okay? So I want to get away from, oh, the comorbidities. Oh, look at how it's different from with and from. No, I'm, let's get away from that. COVID is a killer. Yes, it is. But here's a difficult thing to say. It's probably taking out people who are going to die anyway. I'm not being unsympathetic. I'm not being uncompassionate. I'm sorry, but we need to be honest. You're, it's true. It's biblical, everyone is appointed to die, and then you face the judgment. But here's what you need to do. You need to not put your hope in surviving this thing. If your strategy is, I'm just gonna hide and wait and hope that I somehow are going to survive everything, that's a failed strategy. It doesn't work. Your hope needs to be in a man named Jesus because he is the only person who can fix all these things. He can help you on the other side of this death because you need to not be afraid of what's going to kill you in this age. What you need to be afraid of is not the person who can destroy the body, the person who can destroy the spirit, the person who can judge you, the person who can cause you to face some much more serious consequences on the other side. That's the kind of things that we need to be more afraid of. I've, one of the things that just keeps coming into my brain, I'm like, they're so concerned with trying to find a way to rescue all these lives, but we're talking about people for the most part who actually think that life, the human lives, are a plague upon the planet, and we're going to destroy the planet. And I'm like, but why do they want to save lives? Why is it so important to them? But they just want us all to stay locked down so that none of us dies. But for what purpose? But in the meantime, the consequence of the, the lockdowns, and, and it's true that something is causing excess deaths that we haven't prescribed what that main cause is. But at the same time, we haven't seen uh, too much more causes of deaths with respect to, because if you also see my other videos have pointed out, they're actually putting in the pneumonia and the influenza and the COVID stuff. They're kind of wrapping all that stuff together. So that's one of the things I wanted to compare. Be like, what's, what's going on with that? So get away from comorbidities versus uh, the COVID thing by itself and the 6% thing. And, oh, look, it's actually not that bad a deal. No, it's, it's definitely killing people. But the, the people that it's taking out are the people who are the weak and if we really, really want to worry about that, what we should actually do is change the strategy because 
and this is another biblical position thing, because obviously I'm throwing a lot of Bible stuff in there. Uh, let's do it out of an act of mercy, not because we're afraid of the plague, but because you know what's good for them is they have more time to come into agreement with Jesus so that they can experience his mercy and love, so that way they have a chance to, to receive salvation, so that maybe when they face that judgment, that it's a good thing for them. But at the same time, this thing that we're going to try to wait it out and have some human thing that's going to rescue us, no, that's not the right answer. The right answer is Jesus is going to be the hope of salvation, but we need to find strategies that have nothing to do with hunkering down. All of our strategies need to do with, uh, you know, when it comes to medicine and science and economics and society, all of that needs to have long-term uh, goals with how we're going to work together with each other, but always looking forward to the future, the idea that Jesus is the one who's going to come back one day and make everything perfect, not us humans, because as long as us humans are in control, we're living in a fallen, broken world that's actually working against us, and we just need to get used to that fact, and we can't try to be making decisions uh, without that in mind. Uh, so I want to throw that out there, but... Uh, one of my primary messages about today, though, was to get back onto that comorbidities thing because I know a lot of people were spinning that out of control, especially the 6% thing, thinking, oh, wow, look, it's really only 6% that have died specifically from COVID. They're like, no, 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 let's, let's not uh, twist that. That 6% is just because of the way that they listed that on the death certificate. In fact, um, if somebody gets COVID and, and they've got like other couple of things, like you can have diabetes, for example, and diabetes is totally manageable and, and you'd be fine and you, you could be plenty old. You could be, have diabetes like pick up type two in your forties and then have diabetes for like 35 years and then get COVID at age, you know, in late seventies and then die in the seventies. And they're going to be like, okay, well, yeah, he had diabetes and then he was got the COVID and I'm going to put those two things on there and be like, well, you're not going to be like, oh, well, he was dying of diabetes until he got COVID and be like, oh, okay, you see, so you're going to be, you're not going to do that. We want to be honest about how we're representing it and not politicizing it, but still, it's definitely going for a vulnerable class, and we've definitely not done a good job with our overarching, generalizing, the policies that we've taken, and it's definitely failed because the vulnerable class is still, the, those who are vulnerable are still getting hit, and uh, a lot of people are suffering the consequences of the way that they've been affected by the policies that we've chosen. So a lot of sacrificing and a lot of suffering because of those policies and the return on that, it's not the return that we're looking for because the vulnerable is still dying off. So we still need to revisit, still need to retool, still need to refocus and try some other strategies. That's my advice. And then, yes, of course, let's pray because all that talk about Jesus coming back, that would totally be cool, wouldn't it? All right, thanks for watching this video. I appreciate you guys. I hope that you'll share it and you'll come back for some more because this is Right All Week and I am Dave and this is where we talk about what's right, how it's right, and why it matters. <laughs>